Are you putting the boy on the bed? I was trying to catch him. Oh! <laughs> there he goes. I live under here now. Yeah. <gasps> couch boy. Yep. Couch boy. What is this ball? Is it your favorite toy in the whole wide world? Oh, what is this? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast, the place where we discuss the hot villains of any gender from any genre. That includes crime, drama, action, adventure, romance, and good old horror. We are your hosts, Markella Dykfus, Natasha Baptiste, and Eric Blake. Do you guys want to do the elevator game for each of us? Since there's no guest and we've never done it ourselves. Do we just start with one of us then? Yeah. Yeah. You want to flip a rock? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a normal phrase. <laughs> Were you think was it the first three-sided thing that came to mind? No, it was the because that was in our last episode. You guys were talking about the little shop of horrors. They flipped a rock for the wet side or the dry side. Mm. I nominate Eric, unless you want me to go first. The elevator game. Usually, oh, just, let's we, the we would explain game. the elevator game to our guests usually as if you're stuck in an elevator with three of your favorite villains, who would they be and sort of why? And it's a question that gets us into more more comic book stuff, more where the guest is coming from as far as like their favorite. Like it could be like a, from a theater play or a book or yeah. a board game. <laughs> you're not constricted. Um, Who's that licorice guy from Candyland? Is he a villain? Yeah. Lord Licorice? I think he's anyway. just misunderstood. <laughs> I like licorice. Uh, I, first off, it would be the elevator from The Shining, so we'd be standing in, like, waist-deep in blood, Fancy. waiting for the doors to open, and then, like, we pop out. <laughs> so definitely something I've, I've been surprised no one said yet. Uh, God, we get to pick our fucking elevator Well, no, because we always described it as, like, the hospital elevator. Well, just Well, mine, we only need the space in the the elevator from The Shining. (laughs) For size purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, so my first villain that I'll go for is Dr. Bong from Howard the Duck. And he's kind of big, so maybe The Shining elevator. Was that Jeffrey Jones? I have Howard not... Howard the Duck. Oh, now, is this the comic This or the is from movie? the comic book. So I'm digging back to when I was a kid, and my dad gave me his Howard the Duck comics, and they were a little too adult for me, but I read all Aren't of them. are there movies? I can't They're... believe I thought you wanted to be stuck in an elevator with Jeffrey Jones. No, no. <laughs> Sweating the, um, profusely. Yeah, the, uh, the first Howard the Duck movie, purportedly... There's another Howard the Duck coming. I haven't seen the first, though. And the main reason is that I read the comics and really liked them. And my dad said I wouldn't like the movie. You should watch yeah. the movie. I guess I'll watch it now because yeah. it does seem like to be a camp favorite. But yeah. the comic books are so great and just really dark and and also very silly, but sort of also unceasingly gritty. And it's called Howard the Duck. Yeah. And the main bad guy is Dr. Bong. He were, He's like a guy who went crazy 
he wears a bell on his head and his fists are these monstrous golden globes and like he just smashes his head and everybody around him goes crazy in a certain way that he wants it's a really weird main villain i like him more than magneto because i think his power is super crazy and he also is just sort of he's super intimidating when the character is just a duck who relies on his friends and dr bong can take over all of his friends you know i would be afraid that he would do that in the elevator i hope i mean that's i mean (laughs) what's he gonna do maybe push the button fast I think, yeah. <laughs> but he is a crazy scientist and all of his monologues are really great uh so it would be fun to just hang with somebody that overwritten i think yeah um and later in the howard the duck comics the writer started to go kind of crazy the later comics are just really even more dark and gritty it's just it's a super good series to get into we'll see if they make good movies of it because i think it has so much potential but uh See, I'm with you, but I prefer the film. So to me, any movie they make, Howard would be like totally not anything like the 1980s film. I have to watch the film. So Dr. Bong, that's probably going back super far. Um, And then? After that, uh, see, the whole thing about it being in an elevator, I think that's why you start to lean towards comic characters because they're a little more civil. Because like, I would want to say someone from the Evil Dead or Army of Darkness specifically, because that movie sort of broke me on like the, the joke of horror. Skeleton and that, General? Maybe the Skeleton General. He'd be fun. He'd, he'd be fun. There's a, Oh, he would be so weird. All to be of in the an enemies have but... great one liners. So like they're gonna be so entertaining in an elevator. Um, He's so dramatic. <laughs> yeah, probably the Skeleton King then. Wow, okay. Uh Um and that movie just broke me on like horror and let me get the joke and go back and get into good horror movies so that's just sort of an important one that had a great villain as well third villain oh so hard ganondorf from zelda that was a pretty big villain in my youth he's the the final boss and the the main antagonist of several of the Legend of Zelda games, oh, the video yeah. game. The name um, sounds familiar. So he's the king he's of thieves, and in some <laughs> games he's like a great big like pig demon, and in some games he's more of just a big green dude. But uh, he's always kind of cool. And all three of you are going to be in an elevator filled with blood? I, I, you know, all three That's of the characters that I picked are very tall and big. Yeah. I do realize that. I feel that. like they could all be, handle being covered in blood, except for maybe the bell guy. But it's a Would very cool small elevator, so we'll just be kind of, I think we'll all be too cramped for anybody to hurt each other. It's a good so size yeah. for a normal elevator. We'll just talk about, everybody yeah. has great evil plans. All three of them have great evil plans, so. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Today we are covering Q, played by John Delancey from Star Trek. Star Trek. The Next Generation, uh, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and some novels, which are either ridiculous or really, really well written. Because I bought some! Oh no, (laughs) I didn't get the books. Uh, Can we read from some of them? You, did you bring the books? I didn't bring it. No! I've been re- I almost finished one of them, and I didn't bring it to work today because I wanted to get some podcasts in on my breaks, and then I didn't put it on my personal on the way here, so I did not. I was going to bring, like, a passage out of one, but oh. they're 
amazing depending on the book that you read. Yeah. I found them because I was visiting Everett. We were on our way to an antique store and we stopped into a comic book store and right by the front door was these Star Trek graphic novel or not graphic novels, but novelizations. And they were like really cheesy looking, super 80s. Yeah. And there was like three of them and I was like, okay, whatever. But I knew that there was Q books. So I went up to the guy at the counter and I was like, I need some Star Trek novels. Do you have any more? And he said, we have two boxes in the back. Should I bring them out? And he did. And I found two Q novels, but he had huge boxes filled with this entire collection of Star Trek books that wasn't even all of them. And he was selling them for like a dollar fifty. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't read so any Star random. Trek books yet, but I have read every Star Wars book yet. <laughs> <laughs> they make like little novels and stuff. Oh, there's like so stories. many Star Wars books Are going the... back years and years. So yeah. the two Q books that I got, one of them is complete shit. It's called IQ, and it was written by John Delancey. Apparently, you're oh, a really no, good. Apparently, no, you're a really no. good actor. And not a good writer. It's the Kevin Costner effect. Yeah. yeah. And then another one, I got the second book in a trilogy. And the one that I got was called The Q Zone. And it is so emotional and like a little disturbing. And like the way it's written just makes you feel like you're there. Like at one point, Q turns Picard into one of the Calamarine, which is those clouds of smoke. And it... It's like Picard realizing what's happening to himself, and he's like, I don't have a mouth, I'm seeing my hands disappear, and I'm worried that my mind might disappear and become like theirs, like when I was taken over by the Borg. And it's just so cool, and then Q, as a smoke cloud, like he can tell that it's Q, but you can't as the reader, but it's just like a particle of smoke floats lazily past him and like is talking to him and kind of making fun of him and it, you can obviously tell that it's cute even though the book doesn't tell you you just know that it is <laughs> the antics that they couldn't present on tv because yeah. no one wants yeah. to see a couple of clouds yeah. yeah but in a book it works i would have watched really? that episode though the shitty book started with q with his son and wife fishing at the bottom of an ocean and he says that, like, he loves his son and his wife's a bitch. And then it's, like, the worst. And it was, like, 35 pages in and nothing had happened yet. Oh, God. I it do, was horrible. I <laughs> like, I do like Voyager, but I thought that the Q episodes for Voyager were a little weak. And then... Yeah, they, they turned him into a... It's the Freddy Krueger curse. Yeah. It, it's like Freddy... It's like Nightmare on Elm Street 6. But I thought the Deep Space Nine one was okay, although it was more of an, a bash episode. The yeah. episode was great. Deep Space Nine can go fuck itself. Like, I want to <laughs> fire the set designer. And I the do. light, whoever lit that episode, probably uh, lit all the episodes, and it's dark as hell, Yeah. and there's no, no direction. Fire the director, fire the editor. That episode was so ugly looking. Sorry. Deep Space Nine. <laughs> that was my introduction to Deep Space Nine, and I... Yeah. Had no fun. And and I was really jealous of Vash. I mean, we can... We were doing our little experiment with our last episode where we were letting each of us talk first, like, in turn. Do you guys still want to do that? I was trying to figure out how to do that since this is uh, who a picks, TV series. Who picked this one? I picked this one. Let's go through your notes. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. 
Or do we... Let's start with the physical description, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody else think it was Phil Hartman the first time they saw Q? He kind of looks like the guy from um, the Gary Shandling show. Or the Gary Larry Sanders show. Gary Shandling. Mm. Who is, I think is very unattractive. But John Delancey is extremely attractive. They just both look like they have tired faces. Oh, he just looked like he was on Botox the whole time. Yeah, I like it. He just always had this look. But I feel like he looks better older. Like, I'm used to the older John Delancey and not this Jan- The John- Breaking Bad John Delancey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the beard and he's a little gray. He's filled out a little bit. John Delancey 2018 looks like Clancy Brown 2018. Because he was just in Detroit Become Human. Hmm. And they've both grown into old men that look like twins. They both have beards. They both have tired eyes. They're both yeah. super hot. Still. <laughs> like Picard still looks... Or his name's not Picard. But <laughs> <laughs> but it can be. It is Picard to me now. Picard if you're nasty. It, it, is, it is to me now. And I totally want to make a pillow that says that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he looks exactly the same. I was just like, wow, all these guys just look like really good. Like this year. They still look They look great. great. Because 2018 is like the year that men are like, wait a minute, I can look good too. You're right, queer eye. <laughs> I'm important. My looks and clothes are important. And so is my personality. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually put my notes into chunks of paragraphs mm-hmm. because I had so many. So there's two ways to go about his description. There's a lot of descriptions that are from the other characters in the show. But I do want to point out, I think in the second episode he's in, he comes to the bridge. So we don't know what the Q look like, right? But for some reason, he shows up on the bridge as three snake heads in a bubble surrounded by stars. Yeah. Is that supposed to be his true form? Because I don't think that that's what the Q really look like. But why in the world? I think he was just doing something freaky with a lot of religious symbolism just to like freak them out. That was super like, it's almost, isn't like Satan supposed to have like three snake heads or something like that and look really pretty with stars somehow? Is he? In general, I think Satan is supposed to be like the most beautiful, like colorful, like golden, sparkly rainbow. And then, like, something about like three snake heads, maybe. Wasn't he the like most beautiful angel or something? (laughs) Yeah. It's a temptation story that episode, so that's not a bad analogy. Because okay, um, he's yeah. trying to get he's trying to get uh, Riker to sort of fall from grace, and yeah. he's like tempting him with ultimate power, and so yeah. it's all very. There were writers on this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that's said in the show is that Q, or no, maybe not in the show, in one of the novels that I read, Q. Um, takes the form and the language of whoever he's like going to visit. Um, so, like, when he's on the Enterprise, he's a human. But maybe in that episode, that was his, him just visiting a species that looks like that, and he just didn't turn into a human right away, maybe. But everything he did was really thought out. That's true. So, I, I don't know why. He, I think the writers were just like, we don't know what Star Trek is yet. But he's in the first episode. Yes, he is, oh. and he looks so And that was kind of my favorite. That's like, going to be me yeah. this Halloween. If the I can find an outfit. Was awesome. Yeah, the judge outfit. We'll get there. I need but... to be yeah. the judge. I need to be Q judge for Halloween because I can wear 
mascara and I can wear not mascara but eyeliner and like cute like dark lipstick. Since we're talking and like red gloves. Let's go yeah. around and what was your favorite Q outfit? Wait, I have a list of Q outfits just there in case are so you wait. Many too. <laughs> May I? And then you guys can pick because I'm sure you have it off the top of your heads. But oh, I yeah. just want to remind you everything that he's worn because I have a fashion section. Um, he shows section up first as a fellow, like kind of not a pirate captain, but like a ship captain with an accompanying accompanying accent. Then he turns into a 1940s military captain mm-hmm. with like he's like smoking a cigar, I think. Um, then he does Marlon Brando's Dr. Moreau, which is the red gloves and the judge red and black outfit. And the weird future soldier. What? There's yeah, a, the future th- soldier. So he, right after the 40s guy, he goes to a point in time in the Star Trek universe that we haven't really seen before, where he's decked in this weird silver cloth armor, and it's from a time where, like, they just That's touch... That's the a, first episode? Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, like, touch buttons to give themselves drugs... And, like, that's how wars were fought. And it's sort of a glimpse at, like, what the Earth Wars were like before the Federation and space travel and the Prime Directive and all that. And uh, that's just sort of a weird, crazy thing. And then they introduce two well, of those Oh, is that your favorite? Later. Is that why? Oh, not my favorite. Oh, okay. It's actually not my favorite, but it's one of the ones I would love to cosplay because it's, like, the Star Trek Stormtrooper, as close as they've ever gotten to something oh. like, like, it'd be fun to do a group of those, like, hustling through a place. Then he's in Starfleet clothes, and he sits in Picard's chair, which is rude. Then he turns into a Starfleet admiral, a French army marshal, a monk. Then he's Mm -hmm. totally nude. Then, which John did for real, by the way. Of course he did. That's not a stunt ass. I know a stunt book. That's why there was was less people on the bridge, because he had the actors leave if they were uncomfortable. Anyway. Oh, wow. (laughs) So Patrick and Stewart's John like, well, like, I guess I have to stay. <laughs> and the lady that plays Deanna. Oh. <laughs> She's like, yep, here. Um, Worf is not there. <laughs> he's like, fuck this. Um, then he's a mariachi band member. Um, then it's safari time with the salmon shirt. I really love it. Sheriff of Nottingham, billowing white god robes. 1950s like candy gram deliverer and then in voyager he's on that like tropical like pool party thing in like a like really like kind of loose tropical clothes but then if you look down there's like these hot girls like sitting on his lap and stuff he's wearing dark like greenish brown socks up to his um what is this your calves and sandals like leather brown sandals Ugh. Over his socks. It's so tourist. So it's gross. So, so amazing. Never speak to a man that looks like that. Um, <laughs> no, no man six in your mandals. Then no. he does a like a union uniform and a, is that the full title? An Amer like the American like union union uniform. Union officer. Union... I guess. Um, and this might be a little bit too early to reveal this, but. In that scene, he was taking his belt off, and I, like, my eyes fell out of my face. I was so excited. So scandalized. <sighs> okay, so those are his outfits. So wh- what is your favorite, Eric? Mine is actually his Starfleet uniform, because Just plain I, think, Jane Starfleet? I think he is the tallest person they ever had to make one for. 
and he looks awesome <laughs> in it, and he's so tall. It makes and his he, hair like, look really nice. I love that yeah, he's towering look. over everybody he stands near in their uniform. It's just like, oh god, you're so fucking big. And like, <laughs> it's like you have the biggest Star Trek uniform. His legs for days. Oh uh, yeah, I bet. I really wonder if that is like the biggest Star Trek uniform ever made. It just looks yeah. huge, but he looks cool <laughs> in it, and I, I like it because it's just. Uh, that's usually when he appears, he'll just be wearing that. And I always wish they, like, hit him in more scenes, but yeah. they usually just flash him in pretty quick. I did forget one outfit. It's that civilian jumper when he becomes human, and he's in that, like, it's, like, gray and, like, oh, green. Yeah. And he has, like, a um, David Bowie bulge. Yeah. <laughs> so in my notes, the judge costume, I was like, I was like, this is clearly the most, this is the, the judge costume is the sexiest costume. It's so. Yeah, it's it really so, is. But the, but the Star <laughs> Everything about favorite. it was like my favorite. The way the chair moved, the crowd in the background. I was like, I'm feeling all of it. His yeah, makeup. a little remote control chair. Thing. Yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that your favorite? That was like my favorite. Um, and I was kind of like, oh my God, this episode is so long. And then that happened. I was like, ugh. <laughs> So worth it yeah totally worth it i love him taking his belt off when he's wearing the union uniform in front of the fireplace but everything about the judge outfit he's wearing eyeliner he's wearing lipstick he's wearing super hot red gloves that i would wear and i have a thing about people wearing like piles of clothes and he looks like an abominable snowman judge in like black and red and it's like everything I would ever want. And you can't see his hair because he has this big hat on and you can't oh, yeah. see his face. It's like a weird, like, creepy nun man. Yeah, it was... Like a muffin man. I think that's why I liked it because it was also just really creepy. Because the makeup they put on him was, like, two shades lighter than his actual skin tone. Like, so he could like, hug you and you would just fall asleep immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Like... yeah, yeah. <laughs> as far as his appearance goes, like, not so much his physical appearance... But other descriptions from characters from the series is Deanna describes him as a really powerful mind, which I guess that's one way to put it. Um, Picard has a lot of descriptions for him. Oh, he calls the Q self-righteous life forms who judge anyone they don't understand. And then he calls them nothing but a flimflam man, which is probably the worst line in the entire show. Nothing but a flimflam man. <laughs> yeah, Picard. And then he goes on to say that um, Q is one of the most unique things he's ever come across, and to study him would be provocative. Provocative, which is another weird thing to say. I don't think I would ever use that word. Q has an IQ of 2005. What's a normal IQ? I think the high ones is in the one-somethings, right? Like Like 100? Like 130. 120. It's high. Yeah. Um, This isn't really a descriptor, but he's a virgin, apparently. Well, yeah, you find out later. Um, and then also, um, in, Damn it, Voyager. <laughs> in the no- in one of the novels, when he's like really young, when he was about seven billion years old, he was like super excited and shy and polite and like nervous and like super sweet. <sighs> That's in the Q zone. He's like showing Picard like. All the stuff he used to do when he was like a little kid. Is this like a Scrooge story? Um, Would they visit Q's past? No, I think it's to get Picard to understand exactly where Q's coming from. Because hmm. I haven't finished that book yet. But um, in the first book, 
He shows Picard that he accidentally invented antimatter. And he invented the Nexus, which is, I think the Nexus is like the utopia that Guinan is from. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how, because I didn't read that book. I just read that that's what happens in it. Editor's note, check out Star Trek Generations. Why? Uh, that's where they go to the Nexus. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember any of the movies. Um, in Voyager, he gains weight and he has bad hair and he's whiny. And he has a yeah. kid. Typical. And he has a stupid kid. Loses a lot of his appeal. And he's also, hey, we'll, we'll get to the point. We'll get episodes. to it. Yeah. I don't really feel comfortable going all the way first since I have so many notes. So since we're still experimenting with this, do you guys want to kind of jump in? Yeah. We're trying to be more structured, but I just want to jump around a Let's little bit. Let's talk through maybe. some yeah. of your notes, Natasha, on like the first episodes. Okay. Um, I really like you and the more i kind of learned about his character the less i thought of him as a villain and just like this as you should lonely genius who like wants friends that he can challenge but no one's been up to the task until like picard comes around because he's so bored right yeah like he's so it's like you know when you think about super smart kids who like end up being kind of assholes in class because they're just so bored they know it all. They, they're they not challenged. And so they challenge everybody else around them. That's kind of what it felt like with Q. Because he was just like so fucking bored. But I did. Let's see. So the first episode, of course, I liked the judge. I even liked the judge scene. And even then I was just like, oh, he's just playing with them. Because he made, no one. He made two people kill. He made his little like, um. His little, like, uh, underlings, like, kill each other. Yeah, but then you find out all of that was just facade. Like, it's just, oh. like, you know, he creates worlds for people to, like, come into that they would understand. And not necessarily worlds that exist. Like, That's his true. world. So those people weren't even, like, real people. Um, I like that scene, too, because it was all set up from his whole speech from before. Like, humans are savages. And blah, blah, blah. He went on and on about it. And then you get to the judge scene, and it was just, like, all these, like, people acting crazy, like, fucking vultures. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? But then you realize, oh, that's just what people would understand, that they were all acting... I don't understand a yellow face midget. I don't don't understand that. Stand that 1987 Star Trek. I think it was just him picking and choosing from different... Like he just looked at humanity and went, put it all together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that like people could kind of understand what was going on. Yeah, I don't know what's socially acceptable. (laughs) Yeah. And the more and every episode he was in, I liked how it was just. Yeah, I liked how it was just new challenges. It was like I'm just gonna throw this challenge out there and see if you guys can can get it. And then over time, he's like kind of helps them out, like with the Borgs. And he helps out Picard and, like, kind of saves them. And he's like, wow, a lesser man would have would have died before he asked for my help. I mean... Because he, yeah. like, doesn't like Q. But then Q's like, no, but... No, I never said I didn't like you. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just like, I just wanted to challenge you to see if you could be my friend. Uh, that's the TNG. <laughs> Which is, like, cycle. so fucked. But, like, like, that's how he finds friends. It's just like... 
oh no 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 you got me all wrong like when i said i hated you i didn't really mean i hated are you, you bad enough <laughs> dude to be my friend yeah can you <laughs> save be my the friend? president i love yeah. that it's like in the third q episode around the third or fourth you're like is he just trying to make picard his friend like does he want to yeah. be friends yeah. i want him to be friends do you guys remember the oh remember when picard has his speech he's like up all night writing his <laughs> speech yeah. this is a great episode. and then q is like i can help you write your speech i know you're nervous and then he disappears and picard like gets on his intercom and he's like Q wants to do something nice for me. And they're like, we'll notify the bridge. (laughs) So cute. Yeah. And that was one of those episodes that is very much like a a high school soap opera almost. Where it's like... Yeah, it's like every high school TV show. It was so great. But then he... But then, like, you think that Q is being nice. But then he takes them to Robin Hood times. And when you get back, like, yeah, Picard kind of learns that he's like... That he should understand love more in his life but they come back and his speech is ruined because everyone's gone home so no he didn't help him with his speech at all he fucked his speech yeah every time he tries to help him it's and then he stole his girlfriend he always fucks him over a little bit because he doesn't understand like actual human interaction because he's not human i mean i guess first of all he's Q. He's like data. In and second respect. of yeah. all, he is around so many other species that have totally different customs. Like think of the yeah. um, what's Worf? Klingon. Klingon. Mm-hmm. Think of the Klingons. Like they're so much different from the humans. So Q is an asshole, and he's a Q, but he also has so many other like species to kind of like balance and like figure out. Which is why I think the way he talks, the way he talks, because he's just like I don't know exactly how modern human speaks so i'm gonna be like super it's like that awkward guy colorful with how i talk what he's like the awkward guy in the office but instead of being quiet and weird he's like way too confident and way too boisterous he and you're like shut up is the guy Why, in have the you office not talked to humans that has ever? a gun in his briefcase <laughs> no not that guy that guy's the quiet and one. he but like hits like... on women <laughs> <laughs> this one is just the one that just is too smart for his own good but also, because of that, he just has not had a lot of social interaction. That's meant a lot. That's meant a lot, yeah. Because he thinks that no one's, like, worth talking to. But here's yeah. the thing. Because so you started talking about this, and I feel like because Q has lived for so long, there's that Voyager episode when he shows an interpretation of the Q continuum where it's, like, a long stretch of road and everyone's just sitting down not talking and he said that they haven't talked for, like, a thousand years because there's nothing else to say. And I think that with Q, because he always gets in trouble, like, he's always getting held in court and he's always, like, being punished because he's so out there. And I think that he's at a point in his life where he's done everything crazy. So now he's trying to backtrack and, like, maybe enjoy the little things like I'm gonna go aboard the Enterprise and not fuck it up I'm going to yeah see how these people react to me on a small scale well wasn't the whole like thought process of having a son was because shit changed in Q and people were getting restless and they were not just sitting I didn't quietly. get why they were fighting it was explained it was... but I didn't really get it because they're badly what? written episodes yeah Voyager <laughs> I felt like it got really confusing because he was like... It is. Because I don't... And it kind of suggests that he's a little bit higher up in the community than 
like anyone else. Because he was like, well, we gotta, I need to have a son. So and that, that'll change my entire culture. Yeah, so that they have something else to focus like, on. Like, is he the king oh, of the cube because or it was, I understand why now. Because the cube broke up into like a liberal and conservative side. Their liberal leader killed himself. And then... I don't remember this. <laughs> um, what's his name? That's in, uh, Quinn. De- that's in Death Wish. Yeah. Quinn. Quinn was their, one of their yeah. leaders? Yeah, he was like, he was banished. Or he was like in... Um, he was banished. He yeah. was basically he was banished, banished to an area where he couldn't do anything. Do anything because they were afraid he was. He, he was like a human that it. From what it sounded like, he was a human that they took the cue and gave all these like really powers to. I don't remember this. And then he wanted to go turn back to human. Q didn't want to turn him back to human because he knew he would kill himself. he's against suicide, which is weird because oh, he tried to kill so himself in that one episode where he was human. I thought he was yeah. just a Q. So he was a Q that wanted to die because he thought the Q needed that reactionary change. And I like yeah. that episode because it was like... That was such a good episode. What, they, yeah. They're like, well, we'll turn you human and give you asylum. Yeah. And they don't think that he's going to... They think he's going to yeah. like be like, oh, I like being human. But it's like, nope, he kills himself. Oh, yeah. Great and episode. Then that, that creates like a rift in the Q community. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was weird that he... I was like, why? Like, why do you want to save him from killing himself? But that, I guess that's not what he wanted to do. He just didn't want to rock I the feel boat. like, based on my memories of the episode, wouldn't two Q having a child together make, like, fuck everything up more? Because no. didn't all of that happen because of, like, change happened? Well, and they're no. not used to change. Well, I think it more happened because Quinn, which was, like, leader of one half of the, the community, like, died so everybody was fucking flipping out. Okay. Also, he Let's felt like having... Something to talk about. Well, yeah, because they hadn't actually procreated. <laughs> yeah. It was all just, like, people that they've taken. How? I do think it's Can sort of Can we talk a, about that for a I second? I think it's sort of like a Buddhist cycle story where, like, that other Q wants to die. And, like, yeah. suicide is, like, a very, like... in Buddhist thing is, like, yeah, go for it. Like, it's not a sin, you know? Yeah. So he does. But what's talked about in that episode, what Q elaborates on is, like, the Q don't die. So having one of them who wants to die and does die, like, those are both things that are going to cause, like, this thing. And I think the whole tension comes from the fact that, like, someone died and, like, the Q aren't doing their own rebirth cycle. So when they finally are like, oh, well, we'll... So he's just going to replace with another Q. And then that's how you get harmony in the Q. But they don't really tell you, like, what their politics on it are. But that ends up creating a whole another rift of its own. I don't understand yeah. why Q for like the like two episodes out of Voyager it was Q. His first idea was to make a Q human hybrid. So uh, what? Why would adding human? Why? Why? I think he was just trying to make the other Q jealous enough. Like I think that's the only way that they could court each other because like Qs don't really have friends. They're all His such girlfriend wolves. Q? Yeah. So she. I think. He, he was just trying to lure her there, um, like, with that pretense, and, like, it was the only way. But and... Q has been with, like, a lot of people besides trying to get with Janeway. Yeah, but like I, don't Bash... think he's, I don't think he's had kids with them, or tried to have kids with them. I think no. it's, like, a choice. I, the, yeah. I, I felt there were implications where it was, like, I don't know if he actually wants to have a child with, with Janeway or not. Like, I don't know if this but is a But he did ruse. have a kid. He did yeah. want to have a he kid with Janeway. He went through with it. And then... 
I think that he did too. She was like, fuck that. And so he went back to one of the people that he had been kind of seeing. Yeah. And made a cue. She's actually in the cue zone. Oh, what was she... What was her name in it? Okay, sorry. Keep going. Q. Her name's yeah, Q. She's her name's Q. Q. Oh, okay. I but thought it she, was something else. She's in the Q zone. Um, she's in one of Q's memories of when he was like super young and naive. And she like shows up and he's like, Oh, it's my on and off again girlfriend Q. She's a bitch. <laughs> he's always like putting her down. I don't know why they're even together. But I don't get it either. Um, I totally want to watch Voyager again because I am so obsessed with Captain Janeway. Aunt Kathy. I love Janeway. I mean, I kind of want to go back into the notes, but eventually, like, I want to talk about how Q feels about humans because by the end of Star Trek, Captain Janeway is his son's godmother. Like, it's Aunt Kathy. And she's human. That's insane. Yeah, you know, based he on just, like where he you likes started. Star Trek captains because because the show is called Star, Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Starfleet captains, I guess I should say. Do you want to pass it off to Eric? Yeah, let's jump around. I will. We will yeah. hold. Yeah, I'm we'll just jump going around. through episodes. We have our notes on pause. Oh, can I add a little random tidbit that yeah. I thought was really cute? So, oh, what's his name, John? Delancey. Yeah. So he was basically just inspired by one by the creator's friend, or in honor of one of the creator's friends. But that writer also wrote like this episode, or I don't know if it was an episode of the whole series. It was My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Yeah. And John Delancey's character was like the protagonist in that episode. He's a pony, right? Yeah, called Discord. And he voiced that pony, and I was like, what is that? Because I kept seeing these things online about, like, talk to me, brony dad. And I'm like, what are you, why is he a brony? I was like, wait, I was trying to, like, remember from back, back in the day when I watched My Little Pony. Like, So do they base a pony off of him, or does he do a voice or something? He does a voice for the pony, but it's not Oh, that's like, hot. Um, <laughs> his character, Q, inspired that character in My Little Pony. Really? Yeah. Ooh, so it's like a hot pony? I guess. I didn't actually look up the pony, but I, I just thought that was super cute. Like, oh. I'll do it. I wonder what he looks like. <laughs> I also like that Delancey's actual teenage son was in some of the Star Trek episodes as his son. Oh, that's which his Which was son? super cute. Yeah, the teenage version of, like, Little Q was, like, Oh, his flashbacks? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. funny. That's his son in real life. Ah. I was wow. like, what? Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Episode the third episode he's in where he tests uh, Riker is super it's good. The second one, what? Oh, that That's one the worst so episode. Or, sorry, sorry, that was the, so the third one. Third one is one the Borg one when he I introduces like when them he to the Borg. Yeah, yeah. So the third one I thought was crazy because yeah, like he intru- like he introduces humans to the Borg, which is Shit. like wow, way yeah. before dick, they're supposed to. A dick oh, yeah. move that like affects the series so far out, and it's yeah. like. It was an interesting way to get that done. I, I thought that one was cool. He did it to save them. He did it to save them, but it's such harsh love. And he kind of does that with his son on the last episode. He's like, I'm going to fuck you up. But with his son, he faked it. And this is like, also... Like, oh, I'm going to um, let your friend die. Because yeah. it's what you need to learn. And in that third episode, I noted it was important because 
So there's like 18 crew that dies, but through all the meddling, I was like, wait, that 18 crew still died. Like, yeah. so it's the first episode where he actually ends up killing and like killing people. For I think real. that's like the worst thing he's ever done on the show. I think, yes, that is the most amount of people that, get ki- that actually get killed and he doesn't reverse it. Because they straight up die. Yeah. And then they're like, well, well that's the board. Done. Yeah. <laughs> that's the board. Captain's lock. No, it's, that's the one thing that every time I'm like, oh, Q is so sweet, he redeemed himself, he's such, like, a redeemed character, I always remember, I'm like, yeah, but he killed 18 innocent people and, like, didn't change it back. But weren't they all soldiers? No, they were civil, the civilian, because that ship is a luxury ship, so half the people on board are just, just like, going to, like, elementary school and stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is bizarre. It's kind of cool. After that episode is the one where they take his powers away. You're not going to talk about when he kidnaps Picard and they go into that little pod together? Well, and he's I, playing with the ball? Have, my note on that is kidnapping. Real smooth, Q. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. Yes to childish ball bouncing. And I like, also they introduced that Q knows uh, Guinan in that episode. Cause oh yeah. He and he's walks afraid in of her. And he's like, oh, the witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the witch. <laughs> so that was, that was dope. I think um, all I put was like, whoopee. And I also, want to know why he's afraid of her, though. Like, because Q can do anything. I don't think she can affect them, but, like, she can, like, see through their bullshit. Like, I think there's weird things that, like, the guy and people do. The only other thing I ever see him afraid of is in the Q zone, there's this guy named Zero, and they have this super, like, um, he- Zero is the reason why Q is the way he is. So... Th- Q fucks with people and, like, destroys planets, I'm assuming, and just, like, messes things up. And it's because of this thing called Zero that showed up in the universe by accident. He, like, came through this portal. And the continuum put Q in charge of Zero. And in the book, Picard is watching Q and Zero walk around. And the way it's described is basically, like, interview with a vampire. Because they're wearing these, like, frilly, like velvet clothes and they have canes and zero's just like yeah fuck shit up and q's like i don't know it's really cute <laughs> but then he gets awful <laughs> yeah something i noticed as well if you're just watching the q episodes when you get to the third episode Riker has a beard yar's gone <laughs> like it's just like what what's going on <laughs> but um they like do her. start to kind of like after the third episode, I think it starts to do more, like, teaching a lesson with Q episodes. So the one after that is where they remove his powers. Yeah, um, I love that episode. It's the it's the most Q episode. The Captain Picard facepalm meme <laughs> is from this episode, where he's, like, on the bridge like this. Yeah. And I I've seen cookies think... of that gift. Somebody made, like, icing oh. sugar cookies. Of him, like, nice, going like just... this. And uh, <laughs> we'll get, uh, in a later Q episode, another Picard meme where he's holding his hand out, like, yeah. yelling at you. That's from a Q episode as well. <laughs> this is I was how like, you get ants. I was like, this, and it's the most memeable <laughs> character of all time in Star Trek. Also, all the memes are from his episodes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one where they take his powers away was pretty great. Q quotes C-3PO, which I was like, oh, uh, once again, he's a bit like Data, like sort he of the weird. Ten Sundays. Yeah, 
And I think my favorite part of the fourth episode where they take his powers away is you finally meet another Q, and the other Q is such a fucking douchebag. He owns like a boathouse <laughs> oh, or something. Such a douche. They're, they act like rich, like they're the co-workers. most spoiled entities in the universe. And <laughs> definitely one of my favorite Q moments comes at the end of episode four. He's or the sorry, the fourth episode, which mariachi is mariachi band. Uh, after the mariachi band, he like <laughs> tries to tempt Riker, and he's like, "You weren't like that before the beard." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, all in and out." The next episode, my introduction to Vash because I hadn't seen that Vash. vacation episode. Uh, all that happens is they force Picard to go on a vacation. So he goes to the vacation planet and he's very like begrudgingly like, I don't need a vacation, but like I'll go to make my crew happy. And he's wearing like sandals and a Hawaiian shirt and he meets Vash and they have sex in a cave and he's very like gentlemanly about it. And she's just like, whatever and then they go on some adventure and then they kiss goodbye and they don't see each other again until this episode and i like this episode it's about his fragile masculinity and like i don't like his... the robin hood stuff yeah i like that um there's a lot of good lines in this and i like q and picard's relationship through this so it's sort of you know vash is there and she's doing her thing but First off, Q has an amazing... Q does a lot of appearing in Picard's bed in this episode. Is this the episode where he says that he should have shown up as a woman? Yes, and this is the note I made where... uh, And Picard is wearing a little tiny 90s robe. And what he says is that, like, yeah, if I'd known your weakness was women, I would have, like, shown up as one. And it was like, like, wow, female Q would have been amazing, but it's just sort of a silly undersight. But the thing is, like, Q first appears to them and goes through the timeline of like toxic masculine authoritative yeah. figures. Yeah. So it's sort of because well, Vash shows think... up and she's like, "I'm Picard's girlfriend," and then she finds out that she's not, and she like handles it fine. But like Jean Luc Picard, she's a little. Uh, she's weird. a. I wouldn't have been like that. I would have gotten the hint and not been so like. I don't get it, you even didn't though tell I your do. Friends about me? No, bitch. Like, no, I didn't. But Picard is very Picard. Like, even in the episode when they get together, he's so. I mean, he's still like that in this episode. So, like, they have this passionate kiss when she shows up, and then they're like having morning tea, and Beverly shows up in her like big Ooh. sweater. Like, that's Picard. Like, that's his love life. He's just yeah. like, let's have morning tea. Mm. <laughs> but I mean it. Like, that's not... Like, she's not like a wild, like, brash, like, sexy woman who does all these really cool things and she has her own life. And he's still, like, not really excited by anything. So. Yeah, he's very much like a repressed British officer yeah. in Starfleet. Like, yeah. during a much more, like... The Enterprise is his girlfriend. Yeah, like, he clearly, like, has, as far as his relationships go, he's like, well, I can be, like, I, I like, well, you're here, like, we're kind of doing our thing. Like, we can but, kiss, like, a little bit. Yeah. But that's it. <laughs> bad. But, um, as far as Q goes, at the end of this episode, what I really liked was you kind of see Q? that Picard is like, oh, he kind of digs that 
Vash is like doing her thing and like likes to be a rambunctious. And when they both take off, he's kind of like, that went pretty well. Well, it's weird because Q asks Picard to go with him and like show him all these sites. And he's like, no, fuck that. But Vash goes, and so that's why, like, Picard wants her to be happy, but he's also like, oh, she's doing what I kind of want to do, but I'm not going to because Q's an asshole. But it's weird that this is after Q kills 18 people on the ship, but also after he saves that moon from crashing into that planet and Uh gives Data, like, laughter. So it's like, I'm just still kind of surprised, though, that he trusts Q with his lover see i don't think he trusts q but at the end of this episode i think what picard realizes even if he doesn't trust them i think picard is realizing like he's like oh i'm kind of attracted to people who are the opposite of me because i'm rigid and repressed and they're like this (laughs) and like maybe i can't handle them all the time but at the end of that episode i was like oh maybe him and q could be friends like wherever him and bash end up where that that'll be great but him and q could be friends i'm sure they did like that's why in the novels they interact so much more together and picard is never like angry with him in the books like he is in the show because most of the books are set after a lot of these seasons again he's like begrudgingly like you did this and then q's like no i didn't he's like okay show me the universe what did you think of the next one where they the little girl has Q powers. Gross. Oh, oh my god! god. It's an MPG. It's an MPG. <laughs> I was like trying to bounce. Oh fuck! Sometimes the notebook knocks over you. I have, I have this entire episode under my bad behavior column of my notes. Yes, Q is. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah. I'll just pull up my notes for this one. I. <laughs> I think it's an interesting story as far as it's very much a like the adopt or the bio parents coming to collect the child from the adoptive parents sort of story, and in and then you what find that out means that they killed in interstellar terms. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, yeah. So this is Amanda, which apparently does she go? And does this... she become? Does she become part of the queue at the end? So yeah, and it kind of is a weird thing because we already talked about how th- they didn't. Later on in Voyager, they're like, "Oh, they, we need to have what a kid," and I was like, "What about Amanda? <laughs> like, we've established that the queue can have children because of Amanda back in TNG, but Voyager yeah. just was like, "Oh, we're not going to talk well, about Amanda." Amanda was like the bastard queue. She was born out of queue lock. And it was Q's who decided was to stay human. Because it happened on Earth, right? Yeah. She was born on Earth. Yeah, it was Q's who decided to stay human because they got, like, stranded or something weird. They they try to explain it. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but, uh... Okay. Yeah, Q is a huge misogynist in this episode. It's It was fucking, so disgusting. It's vile. Like, he can be yeah. all over, jumping all over Vash and Janeway. I don't care. This girl is, like, 18 or 19 years old, fresh out of academy school, and she's, like, super smart. And super yeah. tiny. And she's into Riker, who is an older man. That was kind of hot. I was like, all right. She's into Riker. <laughs> Get it, yeah. girl. But, like, he's only so much older than her. And Q is, like, a bazillion years old. Yeah. And he's, like, way more up in her face than he is with any other character in the entire series. Any series. I think he sees the evil in her. He calls Beverly Crusher does, shrill so in this episode. It was still really gross because it's always... Like, I wanted to take my foot and like push him away from her 
it gets to a certain point where you're like too old. He was close where it's like it's clearly yeah. like this is not like a like an innocent. I all I kept seeing was the actors on the screen, like John having to like come up behind her and her having to pretend like it's not a big deal. <laughs> And I wanted to throw up because when I think of like Q doing that, I just want to grab his face with my hands and like push him backwards so that he falls over. But then I just felt, I just felt bad for the actors. Like I felt yeah. bad for him and I felt bad for her equally, I think, because they made them do that. Yeah. It was all just yeah. And I don't understand why it had to be like so... What had to be so gross just because she, like, had... Like, get off of her. Like, talk to her, like, an just arm's length away. because he could away. relate to her, all of a sudden, it was like, you're different and relatable, so I'm <laughs> gonna get on you. Yeah. Like, why? Can't you just make them, like, normal? And no wonder she resisted. Like, I would resist, too. Like, this old fuck is trying to get with me. Well, if I was her, I would be fine. But I'm not her. She's her. I would just jump and into he, his arms and be like, take me away. See, take me away, boys. I didn't get the sense that Q was trying to like seduce her like to and, he be wa- and that's the thing, his. he wasn't. I thought it was more like, he was like, we need more Q. We need more Q in the continuum. And it was like, he was trying to do the same thing like that test with Riker, the, te- the temptation of power thing. And I mean, so she does it and like has a pretty inappropriate exchange where she like kind of kidnaps Riker and it's the the um from Power Rangers we run into a lot of female villains like casting spells on men to fall in love with them oh, Rita, uh, Repulsa Rita Repulsa yeah. and Zed <laughs> but, yeah but as soon as she does it she realizes she's being creepy like Q and then it's sort of this at the end of the episode I think she turns out alright but I'm like oh Q didn't come off very well. I think he came off the most villainous in this one because it was just like, oh, you're grossing me out, guy. And then, yeah. like, get later, away from her. Later yeah. on in Voyager, there's not much villain left in him except for his sexism. Like, he's so gross with Janeway. But if you look at the plots of these episodes and what happens with him, he's not a villain anymore except for he's just, like, super creepy with women. I'm still a villain, guys. Which I'm goes still a back bad to dude. his like. He's creepy with men too. I mean, he's socially creepy with men. He's creepy with men too, but for some reason, the men that he creeps on are able to like handle it better. And to be fair, Captain Janeway, she has this very specific reaction. Like in that episode when he does like the Valentine's Day bed, the unconsensual Valentine's Day bed. Um... <laughs> She is always looking... It's very like... um, Do you remember The Mask with Jim Carrey? Yeah. Yeah. When he's like holding Cameron Diaz and she's like... She just has this look of like shock all the time. That's what Janeway looks like. She's not grossed out and like super angry. And I'm not saying what he's doing with her is okay. It's just that verbally she's like, fuck you, get out of my face, like I don't want this. But she's she always has these reactions where she's just like shocked and like surprised and like oh what are you doing Q? It's very yeah. strange. It's very kind of more coy than yeah. And I mean yeah. she has uh, that character has like way more emotion compared to Jean Luc Picard. And I know that like each captain in these shows have different personalities. Like Kirk was basically like Riker. He was very like. 
he did a lot of action and he's really suave and like cool and then Picard was like super di- diplomatic and Cisco is like he doesn't take any attitude like he's just like really good at his job and then Janeway she has all of this emotion like she drinks coffee and she likes to smile and like when they show scenes of her she's always ha- she always has this like sweep of like three to five emotions sweep across your face before the scene ends and the music rises and you go to a commercial. She's very interesting. I'm in love with her. (laughs) The the last note I have on the Amanda episode is I didn't get why they're like, well, you you either have to be a Q or we're going to kill you because they took Q's power away. And I was like, why not just take her power away and make her human? That's all she wants. But she kind of has to make that tragic choice. It's like, well, guess I'm a Q now. Now I'm gonna yeah, do I don't creepy get things. that either. Why didn't she have a choice to be human or Q? That's a really good question. Well, yeah, I think they wrote themselves to, into a couple holes with that because, like, Amanda episode introduces two things. First off, like, why won't they just make her human? You already said you could just turn any Q. But wait, human. but isn't this after the other person because they made Q human? Don't, like, rewarded themselves people. no this is before that before, so the next right? episode is death wish where uh, Quinn, yeah, the well, other q yeah. wants to okay. kill himself Why didn't q they... have like really weird because even even q himself like he tries to kill himself when he thinks that he's going to be human forever and then he turns around and he's like he literally says i'm against suicide or something like that he has a line like that but he really means like i don't think q should commit suicide and i think it feels like with Death Wish, they wanted to write an episode about the implications of suicide, but I think doing any alien race, it would just be like such a parallel to On Earth. They kind of wanted to deal with something where the suicide was going to cause implications in a bigger way. And for them, the writers, it was like, well, the Q, because they're such powerful beings, it has more implication if like, if suicide is going to cause arrakis there so it was yeah. sort of a yeah, way that they killed amanda's it. parents and they killed amanda's parents yeah yeah so yeah. yeah i don't understand why it's okay to kill why it's okay to kill anybody it's just else, contradictory it's... i do think they should have left it like this was going to be something so big that the queue were going to have to deal with that they weren't they just weren't going to be in star trek anymore like that was the finality of the queue is like the queue realized they still had a lot to learn about the queue and like they stopped bothering humans. I guess in Deep Space Nine, like, it was more that they were bringing back Vash. Like, that was the character they were kind of bringing back. And Q is long for the ride because the last time you saw... And then he jumps all over Vash. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was... Yeah. And she gets Quark. Like, Quark is my boyfriend. Deep Space Nine... And she just throws both of them away, like trash. I kind of think they might have written Deep Space Nine, like... All right, we'll do an episode where six of nine is naked, and I think they wrote back from that's there. That's the basis of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's the second Voyager episode. This my Voyager, bad. That's yeah. that's the second one with Q's son. The first Q episode, I was just like, wow, this is like more bedroom intrusion than usual. Oh, the Valentine's yeah. Day one. <laughs> yeah, the yeah where he's trying to seduce Janeway, and, and then him and the other Q have a baby. That's when he takes off his belt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The Civil War scene. I suppose that came out of it. Can we I... talk about that scene now? I just want to... Janeway is like, I'm not going to have a child with you. I don't want that responsibility. I'm not going to do that. I'm not interested. 
And then at the end of the episode, he's with Q, his on and off again girlfriend. And they're like, we're going to do it. And Janeway's like, I'll just leave you two alone. And Q's like, wait, Janeway, I thought you liked to watch, which I don't know where you got that impression from. I don't know why yeah. he says that. But she stays. And they him. do like a conehead style. Like they touch their fingers. And then they both are like, mm, I was good, wasn't I? And she's like, she looks so like, I could have done that. Like she looks... Jealous? Did you have to do that in front of me? Yeah. No, she looks like, oh, that was it? Like, she's kind of like, why couldn't I have done that? sex is that Like, trait? I think she wasn't thinking straight at the time, because, like, obviously she doesn't want the responsibility of having a kid that's cute. Because Q turns around and he says, I don't want to raise the kid. That would be your thing. Which is so fucked up, which is it's why so he's still a villain. Yeah. Why is everything else so backwards with Q except for that? Because he has to still be a villain somehow. Like, they're writing episodes for him where he's not in a villainous role, so they have to add things to, that make him an asshole. <laughs> I... But he ends up having to, like, raise him anyway. I totally yeah. skipped... Uh... <laughs> His wife sucks. I just well, yeah, realized I, just... I skipped one episode. What? Or, uh, I watched it, but I realized that my notes were later on. But uh, the last... Next Generation with Q is actually the one where oh, Picard gets to go back in the oh, past. Oh, and Tapestry. Where he goes... Oh. There's two. Because there's the last episode of Star Trek. Girl, did you not watch it? Tapestry <laughs> is the one where he goes back and fixes him getting stabbed? Yeah, but then there's the last episode of Star Trek that made me cry, and I had like an existential crisis, and I wanted to like die... You did, did you watch All Good Things? What it's, happens? Because I'm very sure I did. It's the last episode of Star Trek, and Picard is in... You, it's the courtroom scene again. Like, Q shows back up in his Island of Dr. Moreau outfit. And he's, like, super scary and, like, really mean and, like, a bad, scary, menacing villain. And Picard is, like, in a wine... Like, a grape orchard... And Jordy LaForge can, like, see... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one where he's skipping between times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's but going... Tapestry, they go back and forth, too, because Picard is dead. In Tapestry, yeah, he goes back and fixes his past so he doesn't get stabbed. But yes, All Good Things is the one where Picard is going oh my from God, the past... I cry like a baby. He's going I to the cried. past with Tashiar. So Tashiar is still alive. Yes, yeah. and That's... he sees Data, and he stops... To, like, listen to Data misunderstand, like, a common, like, human yes. phrase. I totally watched And he's this. like, oh, Data. For a second I was worried, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, why didn't I take notes on this? I was like, oh, because it was, it was a good There's episode. It made, it made an impact. not a lot of Q yeah. in that episode. Well, there kind of is as far as, like, every time he switches, it's because of Q. And that court scene is amazing. And, like, and he's, like, again. scary again. And like, the camera after... angles are way better on the court scene now. After yeah. every, after all the silly, goofy Q episodes in the series, he comes back in All Good Things, and he's just as scary as he was in the first episode. Yeah. And, yeah, he's, like, putting him through a test again, and this one seems to be, like, he kind of tricks Picard into setting off that beam in one of the timelines. So it all it all comes back around. It was a fun watch, and it's good Star Trek. They pull in an uh, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, you you just kind of always want Star Trek to like to, for it to kind of take a while and like go through the iterations, figure out the experiment, and then when they're finally like when he's finally conscious, every time he snaps back and like he's just directing stuff, it's like oh cool, like this is like Picard going through his paces, 
in a way that you can't really be tested where like every time you snap back you're in a different you're in your body but it's like at a different age different. and you've yeah. got to like reacclimate to that and like just remember like what you were being told it's very psychedelic well, and it's yeah. a really great last episode for a tv show because you're showing everything that you loved from the first season and everything you would want to see like you're seeing all the characters what happens to them when they're in old age plus yeah. how how they deal with things in the present and it's just so it's the most perfect idea like let's show them everything you love in the past everything you want to know in the future and how they deal with it right now and Deanna is in like a princess jasmine outfit and her and Worf are like on a date <sighs> like it's just everything is and then data is like a man with cats <laughs> Oh yeah, he's a professor. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's like he's, he's like a show like professor. Great to his hair to be distinguished. Which, that was yeah. amazing. But he's everything he wanted to be. Yeah, he's a real boy now. And I suppose the movie generations sort of. I'm afraid to watch the films because I feel like it'll ruin it. And I'll be I, bummed out. I liked, you know, I do agree that like every other Star Trek movie wasn't as good, but there was some goodies. I mean. I think Generations comes before First Contact, and First Contact was fucking awesome. But Generations was, it involves, like, the Nexus, and it's about... Because isn't, don't they, like, rescue Guinan from, like, this weird, and, um, not Roddy McDowell, Michael McDowell? Malcolm McDowell? Malcolm McDowell is in it, yeah. Yeah, and he's the same thing that Guinan is. Yes, because, yeah, so he's trying to return to the Nexus, and he sets up this thing where... Enterprise gets sucked into it, but they also set up this thing which ends Kirk, where his death was unexplained, and they were like, "What happened to Kirk?" And you find out in Generations, and it was like, <laughs> First Contact is a crazy great movie. What's the ones with the whales? Oh, that's The Voyage Home, which I used to own on VHS. Yeah. Fuck yeah, whales! <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I'm afraid to watch them. I think it'll ruin it for me. I'm afraid to watch that. I have notes on the Q continuum. Um, they are always punishing Q for things, and yet they're always sending Q as an ambassador to, like, pick up Amanda or, like, go and grab Quinn from, like, what, and, like deal with him. Um, I think that's kind of weird. I think that his curiosity in humans is sort of one of his weaknesses. I do want to get to that. I think there's a lot of, like, parallels to him and, like, various deities. So he reminds me of Zeus, who's all-powerful, but also, like, constantly... Loki. ...diddling. Well, I I think of Zeus because Zeus would always turn into different forms to copulate with... Different Loki does that. Females. Loki, Loki has sex with a snake or something. Loki is he? Norse mythology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is like Loki from Norse myth- mythology. I suppose there are other gods from Greek mythology he relates to, but I think they also kind of they work in some Christian biblical stuff. As far as like the temptation of Riker is very uh, <laughs> Lucifer yeah. oriented. Yeah. So I do think that when they want to do like a more spiritual thing they'll conjure up q yeah Hmm. there's a really contradictory thing that q says in voyager about the q um and he says it like back to back in two episodes but he says that um foreplay with q can last for decades 
or like a decade or something. But then he turns around and he says, Q don't have sex. And he's never been physical with his girlfriend. And he's a virgin because Q don't have sex. But like, how can foreplay last for decades? Probably because they don't do Is anything. Is he just saying Maybe that he can make... perform like infinite cunnilingus and just give you a but thousand orgasms? But like... he said it because unless really he's lying, because then yeah. they make a point. Like Janeway points out to him that he never lies, and then he says he says it like, "Oh, the Q, like all of us foreplay with us can last this long," because they don't actually get to the sex part. I guess. I guess so. Be- I- then why they don't get never- to the finger pointing part? It why makes you think never- though, if like, so him and his. <laughs> but think about it, like, yeah, him and his lady haven't touched fingers forever. All they've been doing is bickering and causing cosmic conflict. Is that what he meant maybe by they're never physical? Maybe that's what their foreplay is. Is all of the it's all conflict? Is all of the drama and stuff leading up to the finger touch? Like, is there foreplay? That's they're pretty really, much that's, that's everyone's most annoying couple friend. Yeah. It's like you never invite them to dinner because they always fight. There's always tension. Um, Let's all say our couple of friends' names who are like that. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go out, jump into your notes? Well, let me do one more. Jump I'll do the notes. human, the his views on humans. He goes through, that's his story arc throughout these three series, is how he feels about humanity. He starts out by calling humans a violent baby race. There's a moment early on in the series when Picard tries shooting an attacking ship and he stops him and he says that it's an example of how violent men can be. Um, Riker accuses him of obsessing over human history, but he knows a lot of human poetry and writings by heart. Like he can recite them. Why would he know those things? Because he's an actor. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Uh, he gets really upset when told humans will continue to progress. But then that's when he starts to, like, drop all these hints to Picard and, like, helping him and, like, showing them the Borg and, like, doing all these things to get humanity prepared to where the Q feel like they need humanity to be. That might mm. just be his curiosity, though. He keeps, but he keeps saying things like, we think this, the Q think this, not I think this. Yeah, I think, like, sometimes he's talking about the community as a whole, and then he drops into his own opinion. I think so, too, I guess. Because he, it's his thing, like, he's super into humans. I don't see any other Q really... No other Q really cares. Yeah. No other Q are, like, dropping in on the Enterprise ships, at least. Um, And then that episode when he is human... I remember thinking this was so amazing, like, a year or so back when I was rewatching Star Trek just randomly, and Data says to Q that he achieved in disgrace what he has always aspired to be. Uh-huh. It, it, it's, like, one of the best things I've ever heard on that show. Like, there's a lot of amazing episodes. Like, there's an episode where they're in court again, and they're trying to justify Data being alive. And, like, that's an amazing episode. The Death Wish episode is really similar. I think they just kind of, like, redid the Data in Court episode. Let's see. Anyway, so Q and humans. Um, He chooses the Enterprise when he decides to become... So he chooses to become human, and he chooses to get taken to the Enterprise. After all of those horrible things that he said about humanity in the first place. And then he progresses into, like... 
um, when he takes Vash along with him. Mm-hmm. In Deep Space Nine, he tells her that the reason why he took her with him is because he wants to explore the universe with someone who hasn't seen it so he can, like, experience their wonder. And then he wants to have a baby with Janeway. And he says out of all the species and all the female humans that he picked her. So that's his arc with humans. He's got a bit of a fetish. That's just... I guess he does. Maybe we're taking some things he says the wrong way. Like, maybe he's not so much disgusted by humans but by what humans are capable of but it doesn't necessarily mean that you dislike them because like we all do the same thing we all hate people sometimes for what they can do but we're part of them so it's like whatever and he wants to be a part of something that he's never experienced because he knows all of this crazy bullshit knowledge yeah and maybe humans, like, being a human is the one thing that's different, because everybody else is in the galaxy. So at some level, they all have a similarity or baseline, but for, like, humans, like, it's so far out of reach. I mean, maybe in this time frame, like, when Picard is on the ship and Janeway and Cisco and stuff, that's the moment in human history where... Obviously, the Q continuum is, like, really interested in them because we have gotten over, like, a lot of the war and stuff. Like, according to Captain Picard, on Earth, everyone is in complete peace. But Q keeps going over and over again, like, oh, you guys used to be, like, a warring planet and all you guys do is, like, war and, like, kill people and you're still doing that now when you're, like, out in space and you think that you're flying around in your spaceships and you deserve to, like, see the universe, but you don't because you don't know what's out there and you don't deserve it. Like, the only lessons Q learns is the ones that we see him learn on these episodes. Yeah. And I just feel like I don't see how that's enough, but I guess it is enough for him. It's like he's bringing himself down to a a smaller level than what he was before because he got so big that he just got bored of doing everything that he could. So now he's trying to backtrack and just kind of slow down and, like, look at all the little details, maybe. Yeah. I don't want to go through his bad behavior. I mean, he's a villain. I think I've already gone through it all. He does a lot of stuff that's pretty bad for a cute villain that is. Yeah. What did you guys like about Q? I do like, um, he's very self-confident and, like, his ridiculous blathering on is always really well-written and is very bargaining. And to me, when I compare him to other villains, he sits in this universe and occupies a space where only, like, he's not like a Lex Luthor villain. He's like Rumpelstiltskin or (laughs) to go back to... So Lex Luthor is Superman. There's Mitzelplik from Superman. Mixaplik. That is, like, cute. My mother was forcing me... To say in this episode that <laughs> that Q is like Mr. Mixaplex. And he I'm is like, like, Mom, Mr. I'm not going to say that word out loud. But <laughs> since you bring it up. <laughs> but yeah, he is like that character. Like, very like That's zany weird. and all-powerful. And when you're zany and all-powerful, apparently you just fuck with people. There's yeah. another character in, in this anime show. It's an early 90s, I believe, anime show called The Slayers. And there's a character named Zelos who's, like, super hot. And he's, like, very, very, like, cute, Loki, Mr. Mixaplix-esque. What does Mr. Mixaplix look like? He is a 
little he's, tiny dude. He's about three feet high. He wears a. Uh, oh wait, does he have that he, round helmet like a space ball? No, no helmet. So he oh, wears a okay. motley. He wears a motley suit with like a skirt, almost like a motley jester garb but then he wears a round boulder cap yeah that's also so it's yellow and purple are his colors yeah and then he has okay. white hair he's just a really odd character who's been around for a long long time all right and he is sort of one of those weird things where like i think you have to get him to say his name like rumpelstiltskin like it's yeah he has a condition that superman has to meet and it's one of those things where like Superman doesn't have to use his normal powers. He has to use, like, trickery and reasoning. And I feel like the card kind of gets pushed to not do his usual thing with Q. Like, he has to he has to be a little tricksy. Yeah. So that's what you like about... Yeah, I like that he occupies a very, like... He's a very fairy tale character in a science fiction show. So it's a very metaphysical in what is usually a show that I like because it's about, like, obviously it's fiction, but, like, they're a science research mission, more or less. I like that he's so happy and excitable. He's described the Q as having nothing to say and just being, like, just sitting around doing nothing because they've done everything. But he's out there, like, fucking things up. And, like, he just wants people to, like, go out and have fun with him. And he takes Vash, like, all over the universe. And, like, they come back and they're, like, bickering and fighting. And she, like, hates him for good reason. Like, he, like, abandoned her somewhere, I guess. But I still like the fact that he's very not positive. He's just really outgoing, I guess. I don't like that he's pushy and mean, though, when you're not expecting it. And he's kind of, um, he makes bad jokes. Like, when he puts that tattoo on the side of his face and he says that his is bigger. Mine are bigger. (laughs) That was... That was like the worst. (laughs) I actually really liked him. That's just a whole um, character. I thought he was like a really... He's a good villain. Not my favorite, but good. And I also liked that it was... His character was kind of a play on... It almost seemed like schoolyard antics. Like, I want you to be my friend, so I'm going to put you in positions where we have to hang out. Yeah. And then eventually, he creates this fondness for Picard that's really, like, weird, but kind of sad and cute all at the same time. You're just like, oh, God, like, you're so fucking lonely and bored. Well, yeah, because in Tapestry, he comes to Picard when he's dead. And he's like, spend eternity with me. And Picard's like, nope. And he's like, well, then I'll have you go through all this stuff. And then I'll bring you back. But he's like, you're dead. You can just be with me now. (laughs) Yeah. I like how, I don't know who the character was. When he gets punched, he's like, Picard would never, would have never hit me. Picard would never hit me. me. (laughs) He's like, well, I'm not Picard. (laughs) He's like, oh, well, Picard was a better man than you. Or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, he has this, such a, like, he's so drawn to Picard. And Janeway, I guess. Yeah. But I feel like they only did that because of his relationship with Picard. Yeah. Like, and it's weird that they never, they never brought him back to Deep Space Nine, because I would have liked, I liked how much Sisko 
didn't like him. And I wanted to see... I just feel like Cisco would have never been as nice to Q as Janeway or Picard. And I would have loved to see him continue to, like, put Q down. Yeah. And just, like, not take any of what he was doing. That would have been really fun. But. Yeah. Or maybe he would have been, like... Maybe he would have, like, shown up in Cisco's bed. He's the only captain he didn't show up in bed with. Oh. And Cisco would have punched him again. Yeah. Would have been awesome. <laughs> hmm. Um... Oh, and then his nicknames, like Mon Capitan and Kathy, which I never would have called Catherine Janeway Kathy. But after watching those three episodes, You're like, oh, it kind of stuck. I'm like, Aunt Kathy. <laughs> so disrespectful. So, ina- so inappropriate. Yeah. I do think it's funny he calls Picard Mon Capitan because I think he's just using like, well, French used to be. The uh, diplomatic language. And yeah. he's like always kind of, he's like a throwback nerd. Yeah. Well, and Picard is like obsessed with being French. Well, and being a private eye in the 40s. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have more? I just have like internet stuff. And I have a creep corner story. Yeah. But I have a creep corner story for Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors. Yay. That's what I have in my pocket. I'm pretty good on my notes right now. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to skip a lot because it's, we've kind of, oh, he kisses Janeway a bunch. He, he kisses sure her feet, which made me want to throw up. Ugh. But then she like sticks her foot out like, nope. And he's like, okay. Um, He's in a, you guys have to watch this 1996 interactive movie game that um, someone, um, rashfeather.tumblr.com called, Star Trek Borg, otherwise known as John Delancey's Super Fun Awesome Day. Because the whole thing is like, it's a video that you play, and he's cute, but it's in this weird, like, it looks like someone holding a video camera, and they're just following him around as he's doing, like, a theatrical monologue. And the way that it's filmed is, since you're the person that everyone's talking to, they are speaking in such a way that they're explaining everything and you can only do like yes or no answers by like nodding your head. And it is, it's so bad. And Q is doing things like he's putting your backpack together for you and he slings it over his shoulder and he's like, come on cadet. And then he like takes this gun and he's like, will you take it? And then the camera like zooms in on the thing. Ooh. (laughs) It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's just like an hour of John Delancey like looking at you. Ugh. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's like really boring. He just has but... that face where you no. Know, without the beard, it's like I'm not into real him harsh. creeping on Starfleet officers. But <laughs> yeah. At least it's not me. Without the beard, it's really really harsh. My other notes are: there's a really great Tumblr that's now out of service, but all the stuff is still there. Actually, there's not much on it, but there was a naughtyqstartrek.tumblr.com that tried to be a thing, and I think it failed. Um, I tried to look up like there's a, like I mean there's a ton of fan fiction. There's not a lot of fan art. There's amazing Star Trek fan art. The Star Trek fan art pertaining to Q, for the most part, is terrible. Oh, I hate to say it. Um, I looked up Star Trek porn, but it was all just like Riker and Deanna. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Ronald D. Moore, who is a, I'm assuming he's a writer from Star Trek on, on the History Channel Star Trek Generation documentary. He said that 
All the writers always wrote Q as if he was in love with Picard. And I call bullshit because then Star Trek Voyager happened and he was like kissing Janeway and wanting to have a baby with her and giving her like a Valentine's Day bed. So I think it's bullshit. I think they're just saying that to be like super like what 2015 inclusive or whenever that documentary I think he came just, out. I think he does just fetishize humans. and Yeah. yeah. I think Picard like... It was always really cute how, like, how hard he tries to be his friend, you know? Yeah, that's what I think, too. I think he just doesn't understand There's, like, little bits in, like, each episode. Like, when he tried to recite, like, Shakespeare lines to Picard, and Picard's like, yeah, it's from here, it's from here. And he's like, oh, you already (laughs) know this one. Like, how he was, like, trying to, like, impress him with his theatrical knowledge. Like, you don't even know what's in the books in your library. But he does know what's in the books in his library. And so he was just, like, annoyed. Like, I have shit to do, man. What do you want? And it's funny that they did Shakespeare because you can just ask Patrick Stewart to recite Shakespeare. <laughs> he can just he, Yeah. He, he can just do it. Well, like, that's what I thought was so funny, too. Memorized. I'm like, isn't he a theater actor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, in real life? <laughs> I think that was kind of the joke. It's like, that's Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Uh, and then I have my hashtags. There was so many more I could have put in but I ran out of time but yeah okay so to explain my hashtags are from Q content from tumblr and these are things that people will hashtag these this content with hashtag cursed image hashtag cursed hashtag this image is cursed hashtag precious hashtag kill bill sirens hashtag olive green brings out his eyes Hashtag, I can relate to Q because I'm gay and powerful. Hashtag, and then he punched him in his smug-ass face. Picoward would never. <laughs> Hashtag. Picoward. Picoward. <laughs> Hashtag, this entity comes into my room every night at 2 a.m. and slaps me with his dick and then leaves. <laughs> Hashtag, please Jewish God. <laughs> hashtag I love you and it's embarrassing. Hashtag Picard never hit me. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's funny that they never went with I'm so well, TNG never stooped to the joke, like, are you sure you're not even Q-ish? Like <laughs> that, that would have worked a in a few princess. episodes. Like in the Amanda episode for sure. It's like <laughs> I just like space balls. It's funny. She doesn't look druish. <laughs> okay. What food would Q be? Oh. I think we all agree he's hot. Like. No, we have to do that separate. Come on. Oh. We have to say food. why. The food? Oh. We were just saying why we liked him. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> food. He's, a un- he's one of those unicorn lollipops. The rainbow ones. Because he's colorful and and flashy, and I can put the whole thing in my mouth and choke on it. I can take it anywhere. Hmm. I will say because that's he's... how thirsty I am. <laughs> I don't know. I I was trying to hide it pretty well, but I'm pretty sure I. So I looked back at all of the characters we've ever done for this podcast, and this is the most thirsty I have ever been while recording an episode. I've been reading a lot of cute fan fiction. <laughs> I will say 
Q is specifically the Andes mint that gets left on left on your hotel pillow. Because you come back and you're like, ooh, what's this? And then it's like, it's not there for very long. And I suppose it doesn't teach <laughs> it you a like lesson. It just like wildly appears. It doesn't teach you a lesson, but it's like, it's a treat that gets sprinkled throughout your life. Yeah, Andy's mints always pop up at the weirdest, weirdest time. time. Yeah. Nailed it. Ugh. I'm going to go get a unicorn lollipop. I tried to think of a food that just shows up unexpected. And the other thing yeah. I was thinking was like, what's Unicorn order- lollipops are only found in very super fun locations. What are orders? And it's bad for you because you can't have that much sugar. It's awful. Like hors d'oeuvres that only are served at a party. So like, you don't even, you didn't even think about them going into the episode, but then all of a sudden, oh shit, it's your There's caviar. There's that salmon spread cracker. Yeah. Ooh, maybe it's... <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he's What's caviar. What's a surprise? Well, he's kind of elegant and, like, special. Specialty. Yeah, he's very... He's a very he's, smart food. He's like a stripper in a cake. And I wish John DeLancey would jump out of cake. He is like Ultimate a stripper... Ultimate Oh my god, he's stripper cake. <laughs> he's stripper cake. That's... He's stripper cake. Okay. Shows up unexpectedly... Pops out at you. At first, you really don't want it, and then you just kind of deal with it. He's a stripper. Yeah, he's a stripper jumping out of a stripper cake, holding the unicorn lollipop with a Andy's mint at the tip. Oh no no! You go back to your hotel after the party, and you're like, Andy's mint. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh! I didn't even. Yeah. Yeah. Because you because it happens, and you're like. Uh, Why didn't Q ever do uh, that? Oh, now there's a stripper and a now busted a, cake. There was no and... episode where it was Deanna's birthday and he jumped out of her cake and Guinan's like, what the fuck? Yeah, or Neelix? Now we have to give her ones. I didn't bring ones. Did you bring ones? No. No one knew a stripper was happening. Fuck. Is Q hot or not? He is handsome. So hot. Even during, even in the Amanda episode, there was one point where I was like, wow, He's a close talker, and he's so inappropriate in this episode. But it's kind of hot. It's, I, he's so hot that I like can't handle any of this. Um, so hot, you're reading books. I, <laughs> I'm reading the books, and I'm reading fan fiction on my off time, and I'll probably continue. To Tell do us that. about your daydreams. Oh, I don't want to. Q, <laughs> Q, and that crab. uh, Tamatoa from uh, Moana is like all that I've been thinking about for like two weeks straight. (laughs) Not together, like totally separately. But if I'm not thinking about one, I'm going to think about the other. And visiting New York City. That's like the three things on my mind. When are you going to New York? You know. December of 2019. He could just take you to New York City. Oh, for like like next year. What did you say? If you were with Q, he could just take you to New York City. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, I would go to New York City with you and we could stay. Oh my God, at the Plaza Hotel that's in Home Alone 2. The most expensive suite at the Plaza Hotel after fees and taxes. It is per night $5,448 a night, which means it's $10,000 for two nights. I think I would have him take me to the uh, Sid Vicious Chelsea Hotel evening. See what happened there. (laughs) Okay. Um, So we do have a Creep Corner uh, story, kind of. I just, I originally got a hold of this person before we recorded 
for the little shop of horrors and they did not they got back to me like the day after we recorded yeah um but they're like super amazing um i did not check to see if this was what gender they are but they're i'm just making sure i'm going by their url Mm. okay so their url on tumblr which is extremely not safe for work i just want to warn you in case you're sensitive to content their tumblr is um mr thomas peers which is m-r-t-h-o-m-a-s-p-e-e-r-s visit at your discretion but he's they are like super great i don't know if it's a she or he sorry i like literally didn't ask so i have no idea don't preface anything so this is Creep Corner Story for Audrey 2. And like I said, like I always say, when you send in Creep Corner Stories, it can literally be about anything. It doesn't matter what character we're covering per episode. You can send in stuff about whatever villain from like whenever. Send it in and we'll read it at whatever episode it comes up to us. That like Mr. Mushnik. Like this one. Yeah, this is all about Mr. Mushnik. <laughs> no, okay. Mr. Thomas Piers says about Little Shop of Horrors, I saw this movie when I was very young, like kindergarten. In hindsight, I see what happened, but the sexy nature of the film got me warmed up before most people think. I was a loner child. Here, I'm always bad at reading. You're always really good at right, it. Here we go. Sorry. <laughs> I get like really bad at reading for some reason. It's so bad. Mr. Thomas Piers writes, I saw the movie when I was very young, like kindergarten. In hindsight, I see what happened, but the sexy nature of the film got me warmed up before most people, I think. I was a loner child and was at YMCA childcare in the pool when I noticed the water bubble in the pool. The shot where Audrey 2 busted Seymour's balls always stuck with me. I would imagine the bubbler stream was Audrey 2's vine. I was a very young and didn't understand the concept of balls. I thought she was saying, I'm going to bust your ba." So for a long time, I thought ba was the word for someone's privates. I would imagine the stream was busting my ba, and it felt really good. I see what's going on. So the bubbler, the jets in yeah. the hot tub. Yeah. Um, I think it's safe to say he or they. Yeah, I think it's a he. I would imagine. <laughs> I'm so, going to assume your gender, Mr. Thomas Pierce. So the, you're pretending the stream of bubbles are Audrey 2 busting your ba, and it felt really good. I didn't understand why I felt like I was going to explode, and that's when I first came. <laughs> I kept doing it for years. The wheels on the bus. Imagining go Audrey 2 was busting my ba. Finally, I see the film later, like middle school, and I heard it correctly as balls, but ba was part of my vernacular by then. <laughs> I started drawing images of Audrey 2 busting me and eventually her eating me. I've never been See? able to shake this kink. So we've got See? probably a so we've got a vor fetishist here Yay! who didn't even get into their vor fetish, but totally yeah. came from Eat that. Me, but plant yeah, daddy. <laughs> the the jet stream was your was your that was uh, the end of that? Uh, that was the end of the line. Oh yeah 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 okay. But oh, um, yeah, that was you had like proxy tentacles via jet stream. How romantic! That's amazing. He also goes goes on to say it plays into like the peril victim thing. Oh, in addition, I became very attracted to the lips and the veins of the plant, which is something that I noticed with all those weird veins. So, oh, I'm so happy that they got back to Audrey me for too. that. It's a lot yeah. of in-your-face, veiny penis. Check out our episode. Watch that movie as many times as possible. It's, it's so, good. so good. 
It's so good. Yeah. Just watch it. All I've the watched time. it again since we recorded that episode. I watched it again because I was just like. I, I need, listened to the soundtrack. I need that Greek chorus. <laughs> I need that Greek chorus. I watched the original. I didn't like it as much as you did. Oh, no, I... <laughs> but I liked Audrey. was boring, but the way it translated to the second movie, I liked it. It made me like it more. The When I watched the second movie after watching the first one, I was like, oh, so that's how they're planning that scene. Um, who are we doing next month? I can't believe you chose this for Halloween, but go ahead. So, so last year on Halloween, we did do Aliens. We definitely did a more creepy, gross character. But I have been thinking about it since I got to recording and told Natasha and Mark what I was thinking of doing. And I still, I'm sticking with it. You've been talking about her for a long time. So Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And let me tell you, I think this is amazing Halloween costume. And I think it's just super primo, fucked up, great villain. I think it's perfect for the Halloween. It's titillating. It's going to be a great time. (laughs) Okay. How do we usually end this? Oh, I do like um, follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And we have a Facebook and a Tumblr and a Gmail um, we're hot bad pod everywhere, but I mean, we're also the hot, the super hot bad guy podcast. You can look that up too on Tumblr exclusively. I think I changed it to super hot villains cause it makes more sense. Um, send in a creep corner story like the one you heard tonight, which is amazing. And it can be about any creature or any person as long as they're like a super hot bad dude to you. I, 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 figured out where the um, get permission came from because we were trying to figure out different send-offs and you said, can it be keep it swifty from Rick and Morty? And then Eric said, get permission from Dan first. Oh! And then I ended the episode by saying, get permission from Dan. And I, then I kept getting confused about who is Dan? Dan Harmon. <laughs> but then I forgot how that ever happened. It was from the... Um, the episode for King of New York when we did <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Chung. Okay. <laughs> and it doubles for, you know, ask permission. It's like a, yeah. you should ask for permission for so has the most things. Scan the sector. <laughs> Creep it sleazy. Oh, oh and ask permission. I suppose that is the yeah. end of Q. <laughs> <laughs> Au contraire, mon capitaine! Yeah.